if you say this is the 20 minutes that I'm going to carve out for the month to get a really good bird's eye view on how I can meal plan for the month, you are going to save yourself so much time and stress moving forward. So use this time to serve yourself as effectively and efficiently as possible. Hey mama, I'm Ashley and welcome to the Veggies and Virtue podcast. In this podcast, you will find simple menu ideas, kitchen organizational systems spelled out for mom life and feeding tips and tricks that are both evidence-based and grace-laced. I believe that you can find flexibility when it comes to feeding your family so that you can feel calm, capable, and connected in the kitchen. As a registered dietitian and Christian mom of three myself, I want you to break free from the mealtime battles and to feel equipped while feeding your kids all day long. Pull up a stool at my kitchen counter and let me pour you a cup of coffee and say a quick prayer for you. It's time to chat about the mealtimes, messes, moments, and ministry of motherhood. So while you're listening to me, go ahead and get your paper planner, your whiteboard, your family calendar, your Google calendar, whatever it is that gives you the best picture of what your upcoming month is going to look like. Because as soon as you have a bird's eye view over the course of of March and kind of what your family has going on, you will be able to take the action steps with me on this episode in real time. And of course, if you need to at any point, pause and do the work yourself or come back to it. But the thing I love about you actually pausing it and doing it right then and there is if you say this is the 20 minutes that I'm going to carve out for the month to get a really good bird's eye view on how I can meal plan for the month, you are going to save yourself so much time and stress moving forward. So use this time to serve yourself as effectively and efficiently as possible and go through these steps with me as much as you're able to. So as I'm speaking in my mic, I'm visually looking in my planner. I use the Horatio planner because I get asked that every week. And just for those of you who are wondering, um, I do use the dream planner from Horatio and I'm a big, big fan. But I'm also a paper planner person. That's what works for me. We also have a whiteboard family calendar. And that has a lot of the, you know, daily happenings, routines. The kids really like being able to reference that with the ages that they're at. And then I do use my Google Calendar for something, specifically the things that I need reminders on so I can set alerts and things like that. But... I don't set just kind of the general stuff on there as much unless it's something that I'm sure in some point in time my husband and I'll have to have more of a shared calendar. But at this point in time, I normally am managing more of those activities while he's at the office. And so that's just something we communicate, but not through a calendar. So that's how we do it in our family. But whatever is working for you in this season, go with that and make sure that you go and get that with If it's on your phone, you don't need this, but a pen, paper, whatever you need in order to make these steps. So right now, as I'm looking at March, I can see that we have about four and a half weeks in the month. But for my family, as I look at the calendar, I know that next week, the week of the 12th through the 18th, my kids have a spring break, some of which we will be gone for. So that whole week is a wash. I won't be cooking meals that week. We'll be eating out while we're out of town. But with that, I also know that that shifts the priorities from this week being a quote-unquote normal week to a week where I want to use up what we have on hand. So I want to be doing as minimal grocery shopping as necessary so that we can eat up the food that we have here so that the week that we're gone, we're not wasting food or, you know, have a lot of stuff left. So that's going to be dictating my meal plan in terms of the ingredients I'm using and really utilizing the things that we already have on hand and making as minimal of a grocery list as possible. Then I look 
So that's going to be for this week. I look at next week being the week of spring break. We'll have a couple meals here um, outside of the days that we're gone, and I'll talk through that a little bit more specifically. And then I'm looking at the week that we get back. As everyone knows, after you take a family on a family vacation, there's a lot to just getting back and settled and laundry done and suitcases put away and kids back in routines and rhythms and things like that. So I'm going to want to account for that as kind of our return week in terms of the tone and the priorities of what's happening around here. And then the last week of March for our family is going to be a pretty standard week with the exception of I know that that is the week that all my kids' sports activities shift. If they, for the kids that are in seasonal sports, I know that that week is when, you know, the seasons kind of shift, the practices start for some of the new spring sports and things like that. So the schedule will be shifting a little bit there. So this is where I want to look at my calendar and evaluate what activities we have in the evenings, what responsibilities, what commitments, whether it be work, children, school, family, other, whatever it might be. I want to be looking at what are my time blocks in the evenings that are going to impact the dinner meal planning routine. For the purposes of these episodes, we're only meal planning the dinner meal, but the same concept is really going to apply if you're looking at breakfast or lunches or snacks or whatever you want to be really intentional about planning. So as I look at it, and as I mentioned, I know the commitments that we have on a routine recurring basis for the evening times. So if I start my weeks looking at my Sunday, I know that Sunday afternoons and evenings, my son has t-ball. Those games change from week to week, so I don't necessarily know what time we will be home, but I can kind of, you know, mark off that time block of time that I know I'll be away and or the time that I'll be looking at for dinner on Sunday evenings. Moving forward to Monday, again, do this as I do this. Look at the time blocks, look at the evening activities for your family's life and schedule and routine based off it works for your work schedule or your child's daycare or school schedule or activity schedules and be modifying this. But I'm just walking you through this process for my family so that you can get a taste of kind of how to walk through this for you and yours. For my family, I'm looking at on Monday nights, one of my daughters has tumbling for an hour. And so that's from 5.30 to 6.30. So that by the time we get home, it's like 6.45 and I really need to have something fast and easy to assemble because we normally don't eat before tumbling on Mondays. However, on Tuesday, that same daughter actually has private tumbling lessons right after school, so we do have a little bit of a chunk of time, but then we have church small group from six to seven. I know because I lead the small group and I stay until the end and then we drive someone home afterwards, we normally aren't getting home until at least 7.30 that day. So for us, we're eating before small group on Tuesdays. So I'm penciling in, or I'm almost like if you're a color coder like I am, I'm highlighting that spot to see my time block for dinner is basically between us getting home from tumbling around 4.15 until us needing to leave for small group around 5.30, 5.40. So that's the whole window that I have to be prepping, cooking, and eating or feeding my kids dinner on a Tuesday. For Wednesdays, we have a little bit more time after school and we don't have to leave until a little bit later when my son has swim lessons and the girls have dance. So for that, we don't have to leave until around 6, 6.15 and my husband's home that night to help so I don't have to leave as much time to take the kids, but I need to make sure that we've already eaten before because again, we're getting home a little too late. So that's going to impact my window. But I want you just penciling this in and getting a visual, again, a bird's eye view on what are those time constraints that you have each night. Because as I look at Thursday, I'm seeing my son has t-ball practice. 
from five to six. So on that night, I know realistically with us leaving around four 30, 440, we're not going to be eating dinner before then. So I want something that's either ready to go, like a crockpot meal, or something that we can easily modify, or excuse me, easily assemble and put together as soon as we get home from T-Ball. Y'all know Friday, Saturday, I normally leave open. We do family movie night and family pizza night often on Fridays. And with that, there's no cooking. It's just kind of, you know, adding in fruits or veggies left over from the week to that. And then Saturday, we are normally doing something social. So I'm just kind of keeping those time blocks open. But when I look at the days that I am planning meals for, something that I think can be really helpful and I wanna encourage you to do is to rank the time or capacity that you have on those evenings. So when I'm looking at our calendar, I can see which nights do I have nothing to give to dinner. This is the night that I would be most inclined to take the kids to the drive-through because we are going from one activity to the next. And I would say this is a level zero in terms of how much capacity I have. Now counter that to like a level three night. And a level three night would be where my husband's likely home, the kids are playing, he and I might be cooking together, we might be using like a new recipe, we might be grilling, kind of taking our time, just enjoying ourselves. This is my ideal, but this is not real life for most nights. As you can hear, we have a lot of activities going in the evening hours. My husband usually works late. So this is not happening often. And quite honestly, it's usually going to be on a Saturday or a Sunday that this is happening. So when I'm looking at my week, I'm looking at the only night that I have level three, the only night that I should be planning a meal that really requires my time, my attention, and kind of some of that extra oomph that I may be using a real recipe that's less familiar to me or taking more time to prepare a meal is only really happening right now in this season, one night a week. This is gonna be different for each of us, but the what we do that often sets ourselves up for failure is we assume that ideal and we don't compare it to what's real. So if I'm making a meal plan that is assuming I have level three capacity each and every night, and then my level zero or my level one nights come up and I'm wondering why I cannot execute the meal that I had planned, that's why. You likely misevaluated what capacity you actually had on a given night. So as you go through this, I want you to see, okay, Sunday I may have level three after we get home from T-Ball and we'll have some time. But on Monday, when I'm looking at getting home late from my daughter's tumbling with all three kids, right when my husband's rolling in from work, that's like a level one night. This is like, I need 15 minutes or less fast meal ready to go. It's not as urgent as a level zero night, but it is expecting much more urgency than say a level three night. Moving forward, I would be saying Tuesday, I probably have level one again, where Wednesday I'd give myself more of a level two because I have a little bit more time after school and a little bit more downtime before the kids' evening activities. But going back to Thursday, that's that crockpot night meal that I have probably level one capacity because by the time we get home from my son's t-ball practice, I need dinner ready to offer and eat pretty quickly thereafter. So I'm not going to be assuming that I have all this time to prep or cook a meal because really by that point, we just need to be eating the meal. So first go through and bird's eye view over your weekly routine and schedule. And for the month, look at what are these rhythms and routines that you know are repeatedly happening. Of course, there's sometimes things that happen just on one night of the week or a school activity that you weren't expecting or an appointment or a meeting or something like that. But you want to look at this and as much as possible as you look ahead at the month, you want to look at 
What are those time blocks that you have to work with? And then second to that, begin putting a level on it so you have an understanding of what is the time and capacity you have to work with because that is going to most directly impact the meal choices that you make or are meal planning for. So once you've allocated kind of the amount of energy or time or capacity that you think you're going to have on a given night, look at how replicatable that is over the course of the month. This is helpful for a week-by-week meal planning, but it's also helpful as you kind of assess your overall month because sometimes the ideas that we get in our head of what we want to offer or what we feel like we should offer or what we have in the fridge to offer We need to see where it fits in our real life. So if I'm looking at the course of a typical week for us, I'm looking at a three, one, one, two, one is kind of the pattern of my capacity in terms of a level three meal. I have three level one meals and I have one level two meal. So then as I look at planning five meals for the dinners over the course of the week, If I need to shift those around, or as you often hear me mention, you know, in the context of like a DIY dinner event, if I need to repark those meals into another stall and make it fit for us as, you know, life happens during the week, I can, but I'm going into the meal or excuse me, I'm going into the week and the month thinking, okay, I need three pretty quick, fast and easy to assemble meals each week. I can have one that, you know, is probably more that 15 to 30 minute range and lower capacity meal, or maybe it's one of those like meals that a sheet pan meal where I need to be home and I need to have time to preheat the oven and cook something, but it's very low effort on my end and not a lot of active cooking. And then I'm looking at, I can pick one meal a week for where my family is at in the season that my family is in, where I can be a little bit more ambitious or you know, expect myself to give it a little bit more energy and kind of hands-on attention. And that's what works for us. But I want you to look at your schedule, the season your family's in, and this upcoming month of March to ask yourself, what kind of capacity do you have? Because that's really going to dictate some of the things that we've talked about on the last couple months, meal plan the month episodes with me, where we're looking at what type of cuisines are we looking at? What type of menus do we want to maybe rotate through or replicate month after month? Because if you have been working towards a seasonal meal plan and say you've already kind of created your monthly meal plan or you want to be looking back and reflecting back on what you've done in January and February and now where you can kind of still repeat it for March, this is where the adaptations take place. Because if you know what types of theme nights you want to have or the cuisine types that your family prefers, then you just have to make sure that they match and they sync up with the amount of capacity that you have. So if you're always going to have a Taco Tuesday and Tuesday nights in your current season with what your family's current demands are, are a level one, that's going to impact how you approach Taco Night. It's going to mean that you're doing likely a quick quesadilla versus a more prolonged involved fajita night or something that requires more prep or homemade enchiladas or something like that, that would definitely, in my world, I would consider more of a level three meal. So if the last few months you've been coming up with the ideas and the different themes or the different cuisine types that help you kind of bucket the different menu ideas and kind of consolidate some of those concepts that you might be offering your family. For March, I really want you to look at your calendar and evaluate what kind of capacity you have so that you can merge the capacity with the cuisines to come up with some ideas that are very 
very much in alignment with the type of meals that your family needs. So going back to the beginning of this conversation to kind of wrap it up, I'm looking at the week before spring break and the week after spring break mainly as the two that I'm core planning for now. Again, I know that there's going to be some changes that happened that last week of March for our family as sports kind of change. So I'm going to, at this point, assume similar capacity to what I know, and then I'll just have to adapt this over time. But as you begin to look for these time blocks and to quantify your capacity, then we aren't looking at at, at how dinner time goes or how our meal planning and meal prep and mealtimes go with morals or ideals that can honestly feel defeating, where we're setting ourselves up for failure because we're assuming so much more of ourselves than is realistic. And I know one of the quickest ways for me to feel defeated in the meals that I'm feel- feeding my family is when I'm overambitious in the meal that I want to prepare or I plan to offer, and then life happens and I just cannot execute it the way that I thought I could. So the more that we can work through this, and again, quantitatively assign, as I said, levels, you can do it however you know resonates for you and modify it to fit. But for me, putting a number on it makes it very objective to me, where it's not a, oh, I'm being lazy night. It's not a, I'm not prioritizing this concept that can just self-perpetuate some guilt and shame that just doesn't need to be there. It's looking at it really realistically. And as I was planning for and preparing for this episode, I was thinking about, you know, I know for some of you listening, the season that my family in is very different from the season that your family is in. And you know, with my kids, my youngest is four, my oldest is nine. This is the season that we're in now. But for the last nine years, we've been in a lot of different seasons, many of which where we had little kids at home and a baby on the hip, or I had to, you know, breastfeed right in the middle of dinner prep or whatever it was that was going on. And we didn't maybe have as many evening activities as we do now, but the night times were no less chaotic. And the time limits and the capacity I had on my energy and just availability to cook the reason for them was was different, but the demands were still there in the same or similar way that I think if I could tell Ashley from five, six, seven years ago, not to look at all that I wasn't doing or what I couldn't do, but instead, again, to objectively measure what is my capacity. Because I think when we're in the thick of it, whether it be busy spring sports seasons for all you fellow T-ball families out there, or whether it be you just had your second or third kid and you're still recovering and in postpartum and getting in new rhythm routines and you're sleep deprived and your toddler needs extra attention and you feel torn between making a healthy meal and pouring into the toddler that's just been given a new sibling and is adjusting to all the changes there. We can feel spread thin and often we can feel guilt or shame around what we can or can't do in the kitchen. And so what I hope March's meal plan helps walk you through is finding some sort of objective measurement, whether it's the time block and quantitatively how much time do you have to meal prep, cook, and have that family meal or whatever the iteration of a family meal looks like in that evening and just put some time bounds on that. Or if you want to take it that step further and as I did, do a level zero, one, two, or three so you can see these are the nights that I know my husband's working late and I'm solo for dinner. 
set yourself up for success. I can tell you in the early days, those are almost always when I was doing breakfast for dinner with my kids. Because one, having pickier eaters, I didn't want to put a ton of effort into a meal that I knew no one other than me was really going to eat. But even more so, I knew that I emotionally had to have added capacity to pour into the kids. And that meant I had to reserve a little bit of the physical energy it took to actually prepare a meal. But I think had I given myself the permission to put a number on it as that's a level one night. That's a night that I know I'm going solo and I know I need to make it easy on myself so that I can be in all facets of and forms the mom that I need to be. I would have felt so much more free and I think I would have felt a lot more successful in creating a meal plan that functioned for my family. So I just want to give you that permission that whatever season you're in, I think taking some of the qualitative over analysis that we often can do as moms out of it and instead just putting very concrete objective numbers on it can help us to fit a meal plan much more effectively. If you want more help with making mealtimes easy in your family in the meal planning process to do so, I would love to send you a free one-week guide with some of my favorite Costco shortcut menu ideas that are those really easy assemble and eat style meals that I would definitely say are more the level one type nights. If you would like something like that, all you have to do is scroll down to the show notes, click the link that says send me the easy meal plan ideas, and I will send those on over to you so that you get some easy access to some of those simple dinner ideas that my family knows and loves, and I'm sure yours will as well. I hope this episode of Meal Plan the Month with me gave you some productive help, but also gave you a little permission to breathe and make room for the things that matter most, even when that doesn't mean the meal itself.